Hey everybody, it's Anifa Walida. And it is Red Summer. And we are your gay aunties. Hey y'all, alright, so we gonna jump right in it. This is a little bonus episode, a little New Year episode. The time you're listening to this, it is actually New Year's Day. 2020. You made it. <laughs> 2020. I mean, that's that year is bouncing already. 2020. You know what I mean? All right. So we were doing this bonus episode um, to um, address. Um, I put a post on Instagram asking people, you know, what they feel, what they thought, if, and if they had questions. And um, and reading um, a couple of the responses, you know, we felt that we really couldn't just reply on Instagram. That we should maybe reply here. Um, I personally felt there were some. Um, uh, maybe people didn't have a strong grasp mm-hmm. on what how impeachment works, why impeachment is even here, you know, um, and that was connected to also just future fears um, based on present realities of how this the state of this country is in. Um, so I just thought, you know, me and Red just come together and just, you know, try and help you all balance what I call the relationship between fear, love, and politics. Mm. Um because we live through some politics in this Absolutely. country. Absolutely. Yes, you know, uh, and, we, and we've known people who've lived through even more politics in this right. country, um, our elders. Um, and the reason why I asked the question is because I know what it is to be young and kind of be in the middle of some shit. <laughs> and it's like, so what does this mean for me? And should I do something? If I want to do something, what should I do? What should? How can I keep my anxiety balanced with what this crazy madness is happening mm-hmm. out here. All right. Yeah. Just so like a quick, um, my, my mm-hmm. thrust into the political, uh, political activity. My freshman year of college, I went to school in Louisiana and, um, had to rush and change my residency and be registered to vote in Louisiana because David Duke, uh, who was a grand wizard for the Klan, was running for governor of Louisiana. <laughs> and they needed that. like all of the college students to hurry up and get registered. They needed everybody possible to be registered so that they could make sure that uh, this did not happen. And <laughs> um, yeah, so so there are times when when like your political uh, participation is absolutely necessary. <laughs> And you need the all hands on deck. And then there are some times when you kind of got to like, wait, take a second, read, <laughs> go back to maybe your, <laughs> to, to those who are in the know in some way um, and just find out exactly what's happening, what's going on. And thankfully, we have time to do um, that right now. So we we wanted to come to you all to just kind of give you some of the information that we have that we know is kind of solid. And some of it is really funny. And, and yes, <laughs> but I like that you brought up the point that, you know, uh, what you were going through when you was in college and it was very local. Mm-hmm. It was very in your face. Yeah. And that made me think about my first real engagement with politics, um, violence, racial violence, um, threat, all of that was really um, just within in New York in the 80s. Um, New York had serious racial um, shit going down, you know, uh, uh, black people getting killed. The police was off the mm-hmm. off the hinges and, and but also hip hop support, especially towards the mid to late right. 80s. You know, hip hop 
you know, it galvanized. If you were, how old was I? 89, I was like 17, 18, right? So if you, you're basically yeah. that age, <laughs> you know, you're connected, like, and then you have the music to support that 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 energy that's coming, like, you're that young, like, I'm fucking yeah. man, nigga, we gonna, you know what I mean? And and this is just in the Central Park Five, mm-hmm. you know, the Exonerated Five, where all this is going down in New York. It was really highly, you know, racialized, you know, or rather politicized, yeah. all of it, you know, and how we, all the mechanisms that we had to deal with it um, and all the anxiety that came with it, you know, and how to manage rage, especially young rage, you know. Um, yeah. Even when it, even when you're in college and you're reading the books and you're seeing where a lot of this shit comes from and which feeds the rage because it's new and it's fresh and it's raw, you know, and that's your initial relationship with injustice. That's your initial relationship with violence, either on your bodies or someone you love's body, um, or or someone that looks like you or lives yeah, like you. And the you. first time that you feel like you have a say or can do something to affect it, right? So that's important as well. I remember when I was like in eleventh grade, and I read um, before the Mayflower. My track coach gave me before the Mayflower, right? Yeah. Um, and blew my, it was the first time I realized there was Muslims in Africa, like all kinds of like, but it broke it down from Africa all the way to here. And that's when I developed my first wave of serious rage. And the high school I was in also, um, this is in Yonkers and Lincoln High, and we had serious racial problems. We was like, we was, I mean, white, whites and, I mean, blacks and, um, and Italians, we were going oh, at yeah, it, all right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were going at it, the news and everything, boy. We, <laughs> we was crashing heads, you know what I'm saying? But the, um, but all that to be saying, in that environment, my rage was fueled by what was going on around me too, right in my face. So, I mean, I would daydream about killing fucking white people. Like it was real fucking black rage, mm. you know, and totally unrealistic, totally fantasized. And that's and and that's what I think we're trying to get at is that when you have that fresh young rage. It needs to be um, directed. Um, it needs to be supported, honored rather, um, because it can. It can. But there is a fantastical part of it. There's a part that that you know when you're developing a relationship with an adversary, if you will, or someone that is trying to compromise your way of being. You know, um, this you learn as you as you grow. <laughs> as you as you as you get old, as you age, all right, you learn that you can have a lot of different relationships with yeah. it, and those relationships are not for its benefit per se. It's more so for your benefit. Could you learn how to balance that rage with action, um, with meditation, yeah. <laughs> you know, venting with or whatever vices you may have? And this is really no judgment. Like there, you learn that there are different times for different actions. Um, but I, okay, you know what, this, we're, you know, we can, I, I want to, yeah, keep this to a half an hour. Okay. <laughs> but this is, I guess we wanted to really more possess the love where we're coming from and wanting to make sure that you guys don't lose your wigs in, in, in a way that is detrimental to yourself. Cause I know that this is, as adults, we are anxiety ridden during these times. There's some wild shit yeah, happening. Y'all. Absolutely. Y'all, y'all, special shit. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not like it hasn't happened before and, you know, but, you know, each time is his own time, but this is mm-hmm. special. 
So can we start with kind of addressing like what is impeachment? Like what does it mean? Okay. All right. All right. So, so yeah. So we had a couple reactions, and um, I think a lot of people's anxieties around well, what is this impeachment going to even do? You know what I'm saying? Like, can I even lean on it for something? What the fuck, right? So first is understanding where, let's understand where impeachment, you know, came from, all right? And I want to really big up one of the uh, forefathers or we're, we're framing, we're calling them the framers. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I like that as a better, because that's what they did as opposed to the whole father right. shit. But anyway, the framers, <laughs> the baddest motherfucker in the room was Ben Franklin. <laughs> At least the funniest motherfucker in the room. Yeah. <laughs> They, they, they have these checks and balances going on. They got the three branches of government. And that's really a lot where a lot of our civics understanding stops. Mm-hmm. We know there's a checks and balances, right? So Ben Franklin, let me just read, because I brought this article that I had to remember, right? Ben Franklin said, the first man put at the helm will be a good one. <laughs> but, but. Right. No one knows right. what kind so of so then the other so then he was he got some pushback because right. he said like yo so we need some sort of like so they what they did is they grabbed this idea of impeachment because they like what do we do from actually monarchies mm-hmm. right because that's the only reference they had and there was a time in a monarchy that anyone any person of the of the public me you or I could be impeached for all kinds of like foul shit right basically you know kind of reprimanded yeah. right. So they took this word impeachment and they said, well, how are we going to do it for us? But then he got some pushback and um, some other framers were like, well, shouldn't they just shouldn't impeach? There should be impeachment. We should should be able just to vote him out on the next election. The people, you know, it should be blatant what this person's doing. The people will rise up and we're just going to vote them out. That the power should be in the vote. So then. <laughs> so then Franklin said, nigga was cracking jokes. Oh, Lord. Okay. So then Brent Franklin said, um, uh, hold on, let me, let me get it. I'm sorry, my bad. I thought I had it right here. Yeah. He said, anyone who wishes to be president should support an impeachment clause because the alternative is assassination. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're a country of guns. <laughs> and so what we're trying to do is to prevent chaos. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So then the next concern was that there was be partisanship. So it was like, listen, we can't just be impeaching people, you know, because we don't like how they, you know, roll in or, you know, you know, how their their policies or whatever, because then we're going to have partisanship. Right. And so then um, what they decided to do, that's when they decided to split it and make it a process. So that brings us to now It's a process. Mm-hmm. OK. The process is the House. is basically the grand jury. Mm-hmm. The House is deciding whether to prosecute or not. Yes. It means to whatever party, usually it is along parties, but it has cross parties. Yes. In the case of Nixon, mm-hmm. where the Republicans said, yo, nigga, you doing some shit. And they acted for country over party. And so they in the House decided to bring it to the Senate. Okay. Right? Or rather, he resigned before the House made the actual vote because he knew that he didn't have the votes. Republicans went against him. Mm-hmm. All right. So. The House brings up the charges. So that's what our House did, right? And and the reason why Nancy in the beginning was, was really resistant because she knew in the Senate it would it would be squashed. She would not be convicted in the Senate. So why are we going to do this thing? We've got these elections coming up. But then he did some shit where she did it was country over party, country over politics. She's like, oh no, he's really endangering some right. shit now. He's, I mean, 
He's done all kinds of shit that's impeachable, but this is clear cut. This is immediate danger, right? So that's why she did it. So the House voted to prosecute. Now the Senate is where the trial is supposed to happen. Now what happened, what's happening now is that Mitch McConnell is, the Senate has to also decide what the trial is going to be or if they're even going to be a trial. So what is it going to look like? Is it just going to say, Republicans are going to say, yada, yada, bing, bong. And then the Democrats say, you know, but yada, yada, bing, bong. Okay, everybody state their case. That's it. We make a vote. Or they're going to be an actual fleshed out trial. We got bringing witnesses and all of that. Mm-hmm. So Mitch McConnell working with the defense. <laughs> <laughs> which, I'm like, I don't know enough about the Constitution, um, you know, um, to know if that's legal right. or not. <laughs> Most of this seems like it's illogical, if not illegal. Exactly. Judge and jury usually don't cohoot with the defense to decide. Anyway, but um, so that's crazy. And that's where it's special. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, this, so people were worried about different precedents, and I think if if there is a fear to be had for me, that um, because the GOP and Donald Trump and all those who who are supporting them for whatever agenda this is, I, I'm, it's beyond me. You know, the precedents are really important. So the impeachment, why this is important that he was impeached, even if he's not convicted in the Senate, even if the trial is a sham, mm-hmm. the fact that he was um, impeached is on record. So it, it's like, a, um, it, it will make it so hard for him to govern, even if God forbid this motherfucker gets elected uh, again. And so that's a misconception. So one, he's not leaving immediately. Two, mm-hmm. um, he... If he is not prosecuted in the Senate, he does still have the option, the opportunity to run again in 2020. Yes, he still has the option and the opportunity to um, run again. I mean, he has that asterisk next to, I mean, and and also, honestly, for me, in knowing what I know about Donald Trump, the impeachment, actually, what the gift in it is that it's going to mess with his psyche incredibly. Mm -hmm. And it's it's all that can be pushed to put him over the edge. And we really need to see... um, we need to have him crumble mentally. He's already mentally crumbled, but we need more of a display of that. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you say that because I haven't seen him do much other than campaign um, since the election. Like <laughs> He campaigned up until the election yeah. and then he's been just continuing to campaign, right? So the types of rallies that he's having, like who has time to still be like, having these rallies and and like it's it's like he's not stopped campaigning because that's where he was successful and so (laughs) he is just continuing to to live in that space (laughs) well because because he's not he's not um a civil servant he's never been a civil servant he doesn't have a history of being a civil servant and really if you look at the history of a lot of dictators dictators they don't really come out of politics i mean they can it's kind of they can flow through politics and somebody get get really big mm-hmm. in the head but a lot of times they come from left yeah. field you know what i mean and they do shit like this because this is the world that they know and then it feeds their narcissism mm-hmm. you know so he needs that he needs to be around people who just feed his narcissism it's really it's really fairly simple but he's doing this madness with our system and going back to Ben Franklin. And this is probably one of his most famous quotes is um, when they signed the competition, the constitution, and it was, you know, with official or whatever, um, a woman stopped him on the street and says, well, you know, Mr. Franklin, what exactly do we have here? 
He's like, oh, we have a republic. If we can keep it. This shit is an experiment, y'all. It's always been an right. experiment. It's just another idea of a civilization, you know? And, and God, we're trying to manage people's anxieties and here we are. But but this is real. But but you need to, <laughs> but, but, but in other words, like when, when it's time to fight or if you are fighting now, whoever you're fighting, whether you're fighting locally, whether you're fighting for a particular, you know, rights of, of certain kinds of folks, whatever your fight is, all of that fight is justified. But taking care of yourself and seeing the, um, the greater flow of humanity and how humanity has flowed through history. And like, don't ever think that what your experience has not been experienced before or even to a greater degree and know that you're not alone. That's what I'm trying to say. This is a human experience yeah. that we're going through. Politics is a part of that and it does affect you. And for those of you who feel affect mm-hmm. or apathetic, you know, y'all need to shift it in gear. You really need to shift it in gear, however you need to shift it in gear. But as you shift it in gear, that means reading more. That means listening, whether if you're not a big reader, listen to, to a, 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 a diversified, you know, kinds of a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, political podcast, you know, both right and left or in between or whatever, listen to different voices, but you need to have a voice as this world is changing around you so that you can feel empowered because if, you're not self-empowered because you don't understand your immediate surroundings, your near to far surroundings in your country and the world, then you don't really know. You're always going to kind of feel lost and it's easy to be anxiety ridden. In, in, in and to tap out and just choose not to participate because you don't understand what's happening. Exactly. So taking the time to be with friends and not talk about politics is important. Taking the time to laugh is important. Because honestly, humor is a good way to analyze the shit that's going on in the mm-hmm. world in a way that doesn't tax your heart and tax your spirit, you know? So there's different ways to have conversations, which helps you have different relationships with the things that are pressed against you or yeah. on you, you know? Um, and this is what you learn as you get older. And it may seem sometimes, you know, older folks are like, listen, y'all need to do this. It's like, listen, y'all got the muscle niggas. Y'all got the, go mm-hmm. <laughs> got your yeah. back. Anyway, that I, you know, whatever we feel we can do to support, my God, we are there to support you, you know. But what we don't want y'all, we don't want y'all to repeat history of young people getting burnt the fuck out. And and when you have, um, when you get burnt out, and then it's easy to go to whatever narcotic is there to escape, Mm -hmm. and and. And not to, and, and this is not no judgment on whatever narcotics or whatever vices people have to cigarettes to whatever to whatever your thing is, but again, you got to find balance in that, and you don't find balance in all these things that you feel that you want or need in your life unless you're clear about the history, about the world that you're actually living in, and your place mm-hmm. in it, you know, and how you contribute to the continue. You know, I'm, I'm ranting. You know, you guys, you know, yes, jump in, because so you know I'm, what I think young people. The young people that I've been talking to are concerned about or confused about is like, okay, even if I am of voting age, right? So then what do I do in or how do I move in these upcoming elections to prevent, Mm. you know, um, or to help to stave off in whatever way um, what has been occurring? Now, a lot of people are saying that like, okay, well, the Republicans are absolutely not going to uh, convict their president. 
like it's against their best interests. And for a lot of reasons, they love having them there because they get all their stuff passed without it being read. <laughs> it's not being challenged. Types of things right now um, in the in the news and outside of the news, like things are getting passed. One of them is like they've removed the word white nationalist from um, from the search, like the background check of people entering the military. Right. <laughs> so like there's lots of like laws that are going on. So we. And there's a lot of federal judges that are getting passed through like, well, all this is going yeah. on. They put three yeah. more for federal judges. Federal, like. And these niggas are there till they die. You talking about the Supreme Court. You talking about federal judges, the tears right below mm -hmm. them. And so, and so then we wonder like, how come, and these are things that uh, the current president says without really understanding how the process works. Um, he's like, oh, well, you know, Obama didn't even pick any judges. Well, you have to understand <laughs> this checks and balances that we talked about in the beginning because he was in a situation where um, uh, the Republicans were <laughs> in power and constantly like fighting him on everything that he was trying to do. Like there were lots of things that he was trying to get past and he couldn't. Your current president can get a lot of things passed because his, his supposed check is on his side, right? And so then we need to look at who is in the um, Senate and who is in the House and what what powers they have when you have a president who is aligned politically and disaligned politically, right? With the Congress, with the right. Congress, when they have full Congress, that is exactly. problematic. As we as we as we saw, we got two Supreme Court judges that are shit fucking bananas. Okay. And we have all these federal judges. They got all these fucking tax bills. I know it fucked me. Mm -hmm. I don't know about how it, you know, did you, <laughs> you know? And so, but, but we came back and we got the house. He would not have been impeached if we did not take right. back the house. And that was mm -hmm. the vote. And, and that's that we, was we the don't, vote. It's, a lot of people only want to go and vote for the president because it's sexy. Like, ooh, I voted for the president. But like, when you neglect mm -hmm. those local elections, when you neglect the elections local. for your for your judges, right? Your local judges, mm -hmm. right? When you neglect to um, to go and and vote for your representatives and your senators, then that's where we have situations like we have now. Exactly, because that's basically the the soil for all of this to how it rises mm -hmm. to the top. You know, that's how they was able to jerry rig all of these um, states, yeah. and that's why it's so hard that even though we be voting our ass off in this upcoming election, we got to almost double, triple, quadruple vote in numbers. Mm -hmm. Jerry rigging and the jerry rigging happened on a state mm -hmm. level. But then we also want to look at the changes that were made to the electoral college. Um, recently as well and so some people mm -hmm. can are required to vote for their uh their state and some can vote for what they call their conscience mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> meaning yeah, they yeah. they yeah. can have the popular vote yeah. in their state but then they can decide however they want to decide listen i'm gonna say it right here i think the biggest political fight of y'all's generation, I'm gonna say millennial and Gen I, whatever the fuck they calling y'all, okay, is to get the fuck rid of the electoral college. Mm. 
This country is the least progressive of many countries in the rest of the world, because literally in every other democracy, mm. one person, one vote, count them bitches up and let's right. call it. The only ones that got this buff right. <laughs> that can negate everyone's vote. Yeah. So, I mean, come on, that's the fight. Because when it literally comes down to one person, one vote, mm -hmm. then we can see what is this country made of. And if everyone, if the majority of people vote, then we can see what we're, and, it's, and I understand how it's hard to want to believe in voting if you, especially on, on the president, obviously the presidential level because of the electoral college. Mm -hmm. How do we ever get a sense of what this country is? Because as much as shit that we see on TV and on people's phone screens, mm. something about the vote, counting up what people actually, who they're voting for and why, that really gives you a sense of who is around you. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, like uh, a lot of times the right will be like, um, you know, the working man, or this is what real, or people say, you know, who were real Americans. It's like, well, let's count it up and see who real Americans right. are and who truly minority of thought. Let's put race and gender out of it, minority of thought and a majority uh, thought. But country. I don't think that you can take uh, race and gender out of it completely because then regentrification and you know oh, what I'm no, saying? No, yeah, no, like those things matter, which is why it's so important because when they redistrict your area and they change where your, you know, your polling is and you're just thinking, oh, I'm just mm -hmm. going to this other building. Like, no, you may have actually been put into um, another yeah. area so that <laughs> minority people in that area are not the, like the majority. Right. <laughs> so paying attention to, to what's going on, like what are, what's happening. I know we don't, you know, we're so busy. We're so, so busy. So we don't have time to go to these mm -hmm. like city council meetings or go to these town hall thing. Like we don't have time for all of that. We're so busy on our phones. However, <laughs> but, but, but let me say this, you know, even if a few of y'all start going to town meetings, right? And not going there to show out, but to but to have a voice mm -hmm. and have our voices heard. And there's phones everywhere, like make that shit popular. Come on, we made everything we touch turns mm -hmm. to gold, baby. You know what I'm saying? We need to be up in those local meetings, in those town hall yeah. meetings. Prepare to whatever degree, even if you just like, I got to say what's on my yeah. mind. Phones up. Mm -hmm. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, like you, you can't do it. And do what y'all know best and make you make yourselves go viral as far as civic engagement. Because right. I think when black folks really get in, and, and listen, black folks are in civic engagement. But a lot of us, a lot of those black folks in civic engagement are our age. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as far as, as far as civic engagement, as far as the structure to totally be party and witness mm -hmm. and engage. But and transform it by your presence. When it's only one or two people, then you look like the lone disruptor and you, like you are exactly. actually a part of or speaking for um, the, a community. And so numbers do mm -hmm. matter. Numbers matter. But I just think that, you know, you know, I like when we get on the mic. We need to get up on the mic. You know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> yeah, we're in a new year. We're, we're in 2020. And and we can do things differently. 
you know, so if, if you have uh, neglected to set some uh, resolutions for yourself, you know, we can we can set one that we're going to be more civically engaged, <laughs> more civically prepared. <laughs> and, 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 and I want to make sure that, you know, people are clear what we're saying is that I think that direct action is will always be necessary. Mm-hmm. The theater of direct action will always be important. But I also want to give props to the young people who are getting into actual civic engagement inside of the political structure that is our country. It is the skeletal, you know what I'm saying? It's the shit that holds it up, whether we like it or not. But we as the people can really help shape and mold that and give it um, a voice, let it truly be the voice of the people at the end of the day, because it's just there, it's just there to be what it's going to be. If we let it be what they want it to be, then, and I'm talking about on a local level, I'm not even talking about the president, I'm talking about the local level. So So. there's a structure there to empower you, a structure and disruption, you know, like all, you have so many tools at your disposal just within those two, you know, those two, you know, so it's find what fits you and keep it moving, you know, and, and, and know that you're loved. You are. Loved, you know, and appreciate those you know around you that love yeah, you. We're excited to see what young people are going to be doing here yeah, in this yeah. political climate. Like we are ready um, to gaze at your wonderfulness. <laughs> yes. And artists, stay yeah. on it. Stay on it like you <laughs> want it. You know what I mean? Because we know how to bring the theater. You know, talk with our with our our politicized young people. So when they do those actions, that shit can get more bigger, better, more colorful, more meaningful, more memorable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because as artists, we make shit memorable. This is about history, yeah. y'all, and we gonna tell it. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, y'all. So we can't fit it all in thirty minutes, but we wanted to send y'all yeah. love, um, and we love you, and thank you for um all of the support that you guys have given us in 2019. Yeah. Um, we really look forward to what we're going to be doing in 2020. You know where to find us. Um, you gay aunties everywhere. Um, support us, please. Patreon.com slash you gay um, aunties. we got three wonderful tiers there. Go check it out. But however your pockets is talking to you, if you want to support your gay mm-hmm. aunties, there's something there for you. Um, we have letters. What else? Letters, yes, you guys are bringing us letters. I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, momentum, tipping point, tipping point. <laughs> so we're so excited to be in this new year with you, and um, we're just we're we're looking forward to everything that 2020 is going to bring. And with that, I am Fred Summer, and I am Honey Foley, and we are your gay aunties. Bye, babies. Bye, darlings. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. All that Happy good stuff. New year.